Today on the show, we're talking if teenage kids should work. Welcome to Simple Money Solutions Podcast, your path to financial independence through deliberate lifestyle choices. My name's Courtney. I'm joined with Trevor. Mike's not here with us this week, but today we're talking about if teenagers should work in their kind of high school years. Yeah, you know, this is a, an interesting conundrum. I, I've got three kids, and of my three kids, one of them worked as a teenager, against my better judgment, and, and the other two didn't work for money. And I want to make that distinction. They didn't work to get paid, but they were productive in our community. So I think this is an important topic. You know, I would imagine our audience, they either, um, they're, they, they have kids or they have grandchildren, I mean, everybody knows somebody who's got teenagers and maybe we can offer some insight to them as to whether, you know, the teenagers in their life should be working or not. So uh, this episode was inspired by kind of a, it was a listener email that we got uh, just after we released our last episode. And in that episode, Trevor was talking a little bit about, I mean, a high schooler buying a car and and kind of having that car and financing that car throughout their high school years. So that's really where the inspiration for the show came from. And Trevor, I, I do want to know, and to our listeners too, I mean, I I, I want to say this is a kind of a controversial topic because I think I think there are maybe some extreme viewpoints when it pertains to this because it is maybe a little bit sensitive in terms of, 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 of if your child or, or if your teenager yourself should work. Well, it really depends on your circumstances. I mean, if, if you're in a position where uh, my, you know, earning money is going to change your life positively f- for the long term, not the short term, not not weekend spending money, but if it's going to change your life long term and make a difference, then then working may be the only option to have that positive impact on your life. But I think a lot of teenagers work in, in just, you know, needing spending money, looking at the short term satisfaction that that's extra money is going to bring. So I really think... And it's kind of like a, a snowball. If teenagers work and earn money, and it almost becomes a competition to, to, to you know, outspend each other and buy, you know, fancy phones and, and, and clothes. And, be, and so if more kids didn't work and didn't have those financial resources, other kids wouldn't be motivated to keep up and get jobs. So Trevor, I want to unpack all of all of those ideas later on in the show, but I do want to lead off with a statistic from the article that we're focusing on today. It is incredibly well written. Um, I'm, I'm, it's going to be in the show notes because it's just so well written. It's by uh, a woman named Renee. It is from student-tutor.com and it is entitled, Should My Teen Work During High School? And one of the opening stats is that as of October 2014, so this article is a, is a few years old, but I mean, it's the, the, the fundamental concepts in it still stand. But as of October 2014, youth enrolled in high school had an employment rate of 18%. Wow, that's that's more than I ever imagined. And and, and that's, again, why we I thought this would be an excellent show today. And we again, thank you for our listener email from Kyle. He brought this forward. And it's a great episode because we all, I'm sure, again, like Trevor said, know someone in high school who works or high school age students. So just just to start the discussion here, Trevor, the first line is by Renee. She says, growing up, the only time I ever heard the word allowances was when it came out of my friends or their parents' mouths. So this kind of starts with the kind of the need for money. So it kind of it kind of got two ends. You've got the allowance on kind of one end of the spectrum and working for yourself on the other end. So I have 
three kids and of those three kids, they all received an allowance and uh, out of the three of them, one ended up working. And when that one child worked against my uh, wishes, I no longer gave that, that one allowance. I, I, I gave my kids allowances and not everybody has the financial means to give their kids enough allowance to function in society. I get that. And if, if that, if that is the circumstances, then, and so is in this article, it sounds like, you know, this, this, this lady didn't have, it didn't come from a family that could afford to give an allowance and she ended up working. I get that. And I'm not for a minute suggesting you can get through high school without having any spending money of any kind. But I think it's kind of on the parents to, to fund a, a, a child's youth, you know, and let them give a chance to live. So we are going to get this article lists a whole bunch of pros and cons of working in high school. So we're going to kind of explore this a little bit deeper as we move through. But I mean, Trevor, just to just to delve into the concept of allowance. I mean, we've talked some past shows, but for you, what does that kind of allowance symbolize? And for you, what does work symbolize? So to start with, I like the idea, and and I try to do this myself, to separate the concept of work from money. You know, work and money, we as a society have put those two things together, but they don't have to be together. And and everyone can separate them because if you ask anybody, would you do anything for money? Most people would say, you know, they they have a threshold where they say, no, I, I wouldn't do anything for money. You know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't, you know, harm somebody for money. So everyone has a threshold of what they, so everyone has the ability to separate the two. And so I give my kids an allowance, not because they did work, but so they can practice being independent in society, you know, and they can make decisions and learn how to, how money works and how to, how to make transactions in society. So I give them an allowance for that reason, not because they worked for it. Teaching my kids the, you know, the, the responsibility of working and contributing is a whole separate exercise. And, and kids can get that, not through jobs, but through you know, uh, volunteering for, in their community. And, and that can be even more rewarding than a job. So again, getting money and doing work, they're completely separate. And do, uh, just before we actually get into the pros and cons, do you feel that, I mean, looking back, do you think your, ch- your children were shaped differently because they were they were volunteering their time and being productive to society in that sense and that it wasn't related to money as opposed to having a job in those years well one of the both of my so two the two of my kids that didn't work they both uh, volunteered at organizations and they had risen that they had had succeeded in those organizations organizations at such a level that they received um special uh, honors in those organizations they they volunteered uh, you know above all the other volunteers so they really excelled at those and those re- those recognitions they got were very rewarding for them and, and they they as a family and in those kids they really embraced it now the the child that worked she she didn't particularly enjoy the work she did she I was for, I'll just say she worked at Tim Hortons so it's an, it's not exactly rewarding work it's it's anything but and her reward was a paycheck. And looking back, I don't know if she has fond memories of that, but I know my two kids that didn't work, they look back at their contributions to the community in the efforts of volunteering. They look back at that with great satisfaction and great memories. 
And I doubt my daughter who worked at Tim Hortons looks back at her time there as, with great memories. She, I, I think she did enjoy the people she worked with, but the, the work was pretty soul-crushing. So I, I just, I, I can't say enough about volunteering and getting involved in community and the skills that those, my two kids that volunteered, the skills that they developed and the friendships they made, their lifetime skills they learned, you know, lifetime rewarding skills that they're still using to this day. My daughter who worked at Tim Hortons, I don't know, I mean, when she talks about her time at Tim Hortons, a lot of her, you know, recollection is about very difficult customers that she had to deal with. I don't know if she took much away from that or if she developed skills to deal with difficult people. She doesn't talk about it much, so I, I, I really can't think she got much out of it. And and again, just, just a disclaimer to any of our listeners who do work at Tim Hortons or know someone who does, I mean, it, and if you're happy there, that's amazing, but I just, it's Trevor's daughter just, just wasn't. So let's jump into this article. So the pros of working in a high school. So the first one is to gain interpersonal and communication skills. So this is, this works, it, it all hinges on you getting a job that allows you to use those kind of skills. And again, if you're working at Tim Hortons, you're, you're sort of, if you're a high school student working at Tim Hortons or McDonald's or any fast food place, you're programmed to, you know, move these customers through as quickly as possible because that's what that business is all about. It's all about volume. So most of these places they don't rely on uh, uh, some high school show, sh- student showing up with unique interpersonal skills or or them developing those skills to make the business succeed. They, they just want a grunt to push business through. So I, I, do, I think in most jobs, part-time jobs that I see high school students have, they're not, you know, developing communication skills at, at any level, I don't think. I mean, when I go to Walmart to check out, the, the communication skills I get from the cashier are, do you want bags? You know, I, I don't think there's any skill set being developed there. You know, and then they're scanning things through. I, I think it's it's just grunt work for the most part. I, it's it's pretty rare. But I'll say somebody who volunteered. So my daughter volunteered at the libra- our local library, and she developed uh, skills to, to, to communicate with young children, adults. Uh, she, she had to communicate at intellectual levels and with children from moment to moment. So I think that the skill set there is that you're going to, you're going to require to succeed has to be honed and developed at such a high, such a high level that compared to I'll say working at Tim Hortons. I definitely agree with you there. I think the communication at maybe uh, food providers is, is sometimes a little bit more automated, a little more automatic because you're trained to be that way. Like you said, to move people through. I do want to talk about though, my volunteering experience. I actually started off volunteering, um, for a kind canoe, uh, kind of program, which then evolved into getting a job as a camp director for the kayak and canoe program there. And it was a day camp and it was a lot of fun. And that right there, I mean, again, a volunteer opportunity where I wasn't looking for any monetary, monetary compensation, but I was doing something I loved because I love kayak and canoeing. And then I was able to turn that into a job was so rewarding. But I, as in that role, I was constantly communicating with our head coach, with the parents of the participants and, and with my volunteers and my other employees. So it really became this, 
this this job where I was forced to develop these interpersonal skills to and, and communication skills to really make um, an activity that c- that it could be deemed dangerous or or harmful to these these kids because I mean when water is involved it becomes dangerous so it, being able to do both those effectively was so so critical to the the, the success of me in that role. You know, you made a good point there where you it started out as a volunteering opportunity and evolved into a job. Now, if you volunteer at something or, or if you do anything and, and you bring passion and, and effort and you don't, you're not searching for money because people searching for money can be very, it can be appear very transparent that you are, uh, you know, your main motive is money. But if you're volunteering and you're interested and passionate about it, often money will find you, you know, opportunities will just fall in your lap when, whenever you bring those two ingredients, passion and effort. It's, it's so true because I mean, this is why we did our episode a while ago on whether you should pursue your passion because then earning the money to do what you love to do is just a bonus on in in that half. I mean, yes, you need to earn money, but doing what you love to do and getting money, it's kind of, it's incredible that you can combine the two together in that sense. Now, let me ask you this, though. So when you were a volunteer, it, it was fun. When it turned into a job, did it add a layer of stress that you didn't have before? I would say yes. I mean, yes, the actual job description went up. I went from just being a volunteer to actually being a camp director. So the responsibility increased tenfold. But it, there was also kind of that level of commitment there as well. I mean, if I was if I was sick, I mean, I'm a very I like to think I'm a reliable, dependable person. So I always did show up every every week when I needed to volunteer. But I mean, it did it, when you add that like level of, of of accountability, it does add a little bit more stress and and kind of the commitment. I I, I don't I don't I have a hard time with that personally. Just kind of when you move something from like from something from more optional to more mandatory that level of commitment is definitely something that maybe is a hard adjustment so here's i I like to this is kind of a little off topic but by adding money to the scenario so right now the control when you volunteer to an organization the control belongs to the volunteer meaning the there's no onus on them to show up and 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 deliver a, a uh, a predetermined level of effort. If you're a volunteer, the organization you're volunteering for, it, it, it's all just gravy to them, right? They, they didn't pay for it, so their expectations are zero for the most part. As soon as they pay you, the control shifts from the, from the volunteer or, or now employee to the organization. They now have control. They can now set expectations they can now set requirements, and that's when the, the you know the fun or the the enjoyment leaves the experience is when control moves from you to the organization. And even in the work world, if you're being paid a certain amount of money to do a job, and the employer wants more out of you, and so they offer you more money, you've just moved. Obviously, you're getting paid. the The employer or organization has control but is if they give you more money they they in their mind have more control you know they've just moved more control from you just say you're you're working for a minimum wage job and you can find a minimum wage job anywhere you you retain a great deal of control over your situation 
Now, if the employer doubles your wage and you're making $30 an hour, your chances of finding another $30 an hour job is be- becomes greatly reduced. So now the employer or the organization has more control, actually twice as much control as they used to have. Now they can pull levers and make you and coerce you to do things that you might not have done otherwise. So that's the, when I say separate work from money, that's why it's all about control. That is so incredibly insightful. I mean, it's, it's true. You, you kind of, I think that level of control is really what keeps everyone sane within their job. I mean, as soon as you feel like you have lack of control over whether you will stay employed within the company or at, that is when things start getting scary and, and uncertain. And I, so that's an incredible point. I'm glad you brought that forward. And, and employers will continue to increase your pay until they're comfortable. They have enough control to operate their business. That that is, and they they won't pay you a penny more or a penny less. They there's a point where they know they have adequate control of the situation. They need to to run their business. They they, they need that predictability. So it's th- that that financial point. It, it's it's a it is somewhat fluid, but the employer kind of tends to know the market better than the employee in a lot of times. So let's move on to point number two. And point number two is to build your resume early on. So the kind of the two main points that lie in here is that by working a by working a job in high school, future employers will see that the student held a position for a certain amount of time. And two, the student has experience working with others in a professional environment. So, I mean, in this in this point, it, it really highlights how the job that a high schooler may do is not very specialized because they do not have a specialized base of knowledge, but it still does illustrate to others that they, that that individual possesses these two key um, elements. So I, I, I'm going to disagree with this point because the only way this really works is if you've built a resident. So having a part-time job is not the same as having a full-time job. You tend to not have the same responsibility placed on you so I don't know if it's a great measuring stick for an employer. I mean, when you have a full-time job, your your employer is looking for somebody who can show up five days a week, you know, eight hours a day. That's a, for 52 weeks a year, that's a far bigger commitment than working a part-time job where you come in for a couple of hours at a time, you know, maybe three or four days a week. That, that you know, if you it's so random and, and, and sporadic that I, I don't think it shows the level of commitment that a full-time job would require. And in terms of building a resume, the only way this works is if you're working at a job where and you, you've demonstrated, I'll say you've got a promotion within that an organization. Just say you were, uh, I don't know, working at Tim Hortons, you know, working, hand, you know, making coffees and hand, making sandwiches or whatever. And just say you you moved up to become a, a weekend supervisor. So you, you've worked somewhere and you've demonstrated that you were able to, to get promoted. Then that is something that, that shows up on a resume that, that you can shine, you can stand out from your peers. That's only the only time it becomes a resume builder is if you do something that nobody else has done. You know, if you just said, you know, I worked at McDonald's, I'm not knocking people that work at McDonald's, but... I don't think you need any special skill set to get a job there or keep a job there. I mean, you just have to show up for your sporadic shifts. But but it, I'm gonna I'm gonna stop you and and just kind of backtrack a little bit. I mean, 
I still think it's impressive. Someone in high school, I mean, you you can look at high school. What if a, a high school sir doesn't have a job or volunteer at all? I mean, what, what if they just, they do get an allowance and that's it. They don't do anything productive. And then, so that student who's working a lot job has illustrated something that that other student hasn't. Well, so if, I was going to get to this later, but if you... You need to, some kids need to get a job without question. They're not motivated any other way. And just sitting around idle, that, that's just dangerous for a teenager. To have spare time in your hands, you'll just find trouble. So if your child is, is somebody who's not motivated to get involved in the community and volunteer, and they're not you know, involved in sports or anything else, they're just sitting around watching TV and playing video games, if that's your child, they need a job desperately. So... I'm going to say without question, there, there, is, there is kids that need part-time jobs just to keep them out of trouble. So you need something on your resume without question. And I'm going to say volunteering in your community looks far better on your resume than a, a part-time job. So if you want to build a resume, build it through the separation of work from money and volunteering and in, in participating in your community in other ways than, than just traditional employment. So going back to your kids, I mean, your daughter volunteered at the library and your son who also volunteered, was that something that you you felt they weren't being productive and you needed to push them to be productive and you pushed them that way? Or how did they come about embracing these opportunities? Well, no, I, I didn't push them. They sought out these opportunities. I, I certainly, you know, made it made it known that I, I'm a big fan of this, you know, getting involved in your community. So I supported it wholeheartedly, but they found the opportunities themselves. And had they not, I certainly would have, I would have pushed them to get jobs, but, you know, if they weren't interested in that. The other thing is, is if you have a child who's involved in sports, I'm a huge fan of kids' sports, it's hard to shoehorn a job into a high level of sporting activity. Just say you, want, you had a kid who played rep hockey into their teenage years. Well, there's a lot of travel and a lot of practices. To, ha- to throw a part-time job on top of that, that's a lot, lot to ask. But, and I would hate to rob my, my child of that opportunity to play rep hockey or rep sports of any kind that, that involves a big time commitment. So when I say involved in your community, it doesn't have to be volunteering. You could also be involved in, in, in sports because, you know, you would talk about developing a resume. Well, if you're on a, a, a rep hockey team, you have to be so committed to that cause, you know, to succeed that when I see that on a resume, and, and I do look at resumes where I work, if I see that, you know, as, as an activity, I'm impressed because I, I kind of know what goes into that. You know, the effort required to make that team every year, stay in shape, uh, be a team player. So it, I, I think you can't underestimate that kind of commitment either. No, that's I, I do agree with that. I mean, there's other ways that you can show, you can develop the skills that you maybe would put on your resume at that age. So let's move into the third point. And the third point is develop a work ethic. And Renee put in a great quote by Ashton Kutcher, actually. Um, he's a he's a he's an actor. I mean, I'm sure we've all heard of him. But he is, it, he was doing a speech at an award show, and he had the, said this really great quote. And it is, "I never had a job in my life that I was better than." Opportunities look a lot like work, and I really like this quote because I mean. 
I think there's always, I mean, Renee says it here, you, you may, your teen may not be passionate about selling frozen yogurt or selling discount retail, but they can still draw the away benefits from doing their job well. So I think, I think I really like this quote because it really shows that regardless of what you're doing, you are developing this, this work ethic that will carry you through the rest of your life. Yeah, I, I would agree with this. So if you can, if you're going to, so I think how I read that is if you're going to do something, just do it well, no matter what it is. Exactly. Like you say, if you're making frozen yogurt, if that's your job, be the best frozen yogurt maker on the planet. You know, just, just be, be the, strive to be the best. So in having a part-time job as a teenager, if you can take that mindset to your job, then you will be that person. Like I said at Tim Hortons, that maybe. Uh, gets promoted to to the weekend shift supervisor if, if that something like that existed. So if you can do that, then you definitely will build your resume because you you are being the best. And and if if you can learn to do that as a teenager, then I would say a part time job is the best thing for you. But the the problem is, a lot of teenagers are not that motivated or don't don't take that kind of energy to a part-time job. I, I want to, I think it's very personality and person specific. I mean, when I, when I volunteered with, with the camp I was at, I was only a volunteer, but I made sure to give it my all. So I think it really depends on the person. And I have a theory about at work. So my theory is 90% of the people just show up and this is for full-time or part-time teenagers, adults, 90% of the people just show up to their jobs and do the bare minimum required to keep that job. And then there's what I call the 10 percenters. And these 10%, they rise above and they bring everything they've got to their job and want to be the best they can be. And, and those people, it doesn't matter what they're doing, they are going to bring that to whatever they do. And lucky for the employer that they're working for, that they bring that effort but these 10 percenters, they are the ones who they want to make a difference. They want to contribute. And, and if you're that person, the earlier you can discover that about yourself, the better. So if you can get that in high school, yeah, you will build your resume. So, I mean, I wholeheartedly completely agree with what you what you what you just said there. But I mean, just to play maybe the listener's devil advocate, if it's only a part time job as a student, I mean, is it? And then, and then if you invest yourself too much, sometimes you can get kind of stressed and worried about this job. And, and, and it's, even though it's just this part-time job that you're just working kind of to make some dollar, extra dollars at. You know, I'm going to disagree because the, the beauty of being the 10 percenters, as I call them, is you never, ever have to worry about your job security, ever. If you bring everything you've got to your job all the time and you develop that ethic and you keep it, you're not the 90% that just show up. If you're the 10% that, that, that de deliver effort every single time, you will never have to look over your shoulder and wonder about your job for the rest of your life. And, and again, no, I agree with that because you might sleep better at night knowing that you are giving it all. And if you are let go from the organization that you're with, it's be just because you weren't a good fit for them, not that you weren't giving it your all. Yeah, no, that, that, that's a good point because... You can sleep at night knowing you gave everything you had every single day. So let's move on to point number four. And point number four, we are still in the pros of why your teen should have a part-time job. And number four is learn the value of a dollar. And a point, another kind of point within this is that 
everyone works. It's a part of life. So I kind of want to talk about kind of those two separately. But first, let's talk about the learning the value of a dollar. So we have had we talk about we've had an episode on allowances. We talk about kind of the concept of allowance and, and tied in with kids all the time. But Trevor, do you just want to kind of talk about this point again, though? Well, my observation. So I say at the beginning, I have three kids, and one of them worked a part time job. And what happened is she earned, I'll say, a lot of money for a teenager, and she spent a lot of money for a teenager. So the, what she, the skill she developed is, is this free spending spirit and this this what appeared to be a bottomless pit of money. If if your child goes and works a part time job. You need to burden that child with some responsible from responsibilities for some of their expenses, such as their cell phone bill. Like if if they choose to work, so my kids that didn't work, for instance, I paid for their cell phones and their cell phone service. My child that did work, they were responsible for their cell phone service. So you need to burden that child with some financial responsibilities if they're going to work. Like some kids, for instance, they have to pay for car insurance. That's that's a common one I've heard of. And so they go and get a job to pay for car insurance. Well, if my kid didn't get a job, I wouldn't place the burden of needing to pay for insurance on them. I would pay it. So I, I think my daughter did not learn the value of a dollar. She just learned that she she could spend more money, and that's exactly what she did. And so I fear that she actually developed some bad habits by earning money. So I, I want to go. I want to go back to what what you just said. So, it was just, was there a clear expectation then for your for your three kids that if 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 they work, this is what you're responsible for. If you don't work, if you accept the allowance, this is what you're responsible for. That was that conversation. That conversation took place. Absolutely, because I wanted to create a deterrent so they didn't go out and work for money, as and I didn't want them to spend their youth tolling at a, a mindless job. So. I draw. I dangle that out there as an incentive to not work because if you do, you're going to have to pay for these things. So, and then back to the. I mean, if if you remember the actual allowance amount, but did did the your two children who didn't work did they ever feel deprived? Were they living um, a good, I guess, childhood lives? Like, did they have enough income to kind of support their social life? Well, so the only way this works is if I make sure that that they I, within reason they had enough money to have a social life. So it, it kind of, I mean, for this, to, for my philosophy to work, the parents have to have some sort of resources to be able to finance a teenager's life to some degree, you know, with the, you have to, within reason. I mean, so my, my kids, I, I sort of had, they had a clothing budget so they, they could uh, buy clothes, but I mean, they didn't have closets and closets full, but you know, they were in circles of friends who didn't have jobs either. So it kind of works. So, we, I mean, it, it, it's quite common that if, if you're, all your friends get part-time jobs, chances are you're going to get one too. So it's, that, that's kind of the other, you know, thing that kind of makes this work or not work is, is what, what the, your child's friends do. Because like we always say, you are the average of the people you spend your most time with. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I, I guess this concept, I mean, it, I feel like to maybe to some listeners, it's just kind of... You know, I want to go back just to one more comment on this. So as a child, I wasn't permitted to get a part-time job either by my parents. And their philosophy was, you have the rest of your life to work and earn a living. So enjoy your youth. You know, that was their mindset. You you have the rest of your life. In fact, 
it, it won't even be optional. You're going to have to work for the rest of your life. So don't spend your, your teenage years working as well. You know, enjoy that part of your life. And uh, that's actually one of the cons that we will get to. Um, but just, just to go back here, I mean, was this what a lot of your peers were doing? I mean, I, I'm really curious to hear from our listeners about if, if they are kind of doing this, having the same philosophy about allowances and, and, and jobs for their teenagers as you did, because I mean, I'm I just listening to this. It kind of sounds, kind of sounds a little extreme and, and very, I mean, do they turn out into kind of spoiled little kids? I mean, this, it kind of sounds like you're just kind of handing everything to them on a silver platter. Well, no, they have to demonstrate that they're going to make, like they, for this to work, they had to, you know, volunteer or be involved in some sort of community activity. It wasn't, uh, you know, hang, lie around and play video games all day. They, their part was to get involved in the community as a volunteer. So they had to go out and do something to earn me financing their life. So, so it, it wasn't, it wasn't a free for all, but, and I, I just want to, I meant to mention this at the beginning, but if you are a teenager or if you know of a teenager who's being forced to assume adult responsibilities because of financial restraints in their family, meaning, you know, that they, they need to, you know, help the family survive by, you know, helping contribute to buying food and shelter and, and, or, or, their parents can't afford to pay for their post-secondary education and they need to work for that. Those are scenarios where I support teenagers working. If they are, I'm going to say, unfortunate enough that they have to assume what I consider adult responsibilities, then by all means, I support them working. But these are for the, teen, you know, I'll say the middle-class teenager who, who, who doesn't necessarily need to work. And it's just trying to kind of finance a, life, a certain lifestyle. Yeah, they're trying to find it. A lot of times, teenagers are trying to finance a lifestyle of an adult. And a good example is they they want to own a car when they're in high school. Well, that's an expensive proposition. Owning a car is is very expensive, and I would hate to think a teenager spent their youth working to afford to keep some you know wreck of a car on the road and insured and gas in the tank. That to me, teenagers. Like it, this is my my opinion, but I don't think teachers teenagers have any business owning a car. It's it's a horrible way to spend your youth. It, it, for for that one, I'll call it a luxury. You're gonna have to work a lot of hours. For the sentiment within, um, learn the value of a dollar, and and it's everyone works. It's a part of life. So it, to go back, you kind of said that earlier that children have their whole lives to work. So why work now? Yeah, it just. It doesn't make sense. It, 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 unless you have to enjoy your youth. I mean, you're only going to be going through those years, you know, at one time in your life. I, and when I say don't, if, if you're going to work, maybe just a couple of, you know, a couple of shifts a week. That's that's not horrible. But it's the, I I I know of kids that work, you know, every night of the week. So five nights a week plus one day on the weekend. I know a couple of teenagers that do this. That's a lot of money, and it's a lot of work. Oh, for sure. Especially when, again, you are in your child's childhood years or teenager years. So I want to move on to number five. And it's the last pro of working and it is developing a sense of time management. So, I mean, Renee, the author of this article said that right now she's a full-time college student with two jobs. And she says that she couldn't possibly 
kind of learn to manage the life she's living now without developing that time management skill when she was in in high school and working a part-time job there. So this one I, I will kind of agree with. The more things you have on your plate, the better you have to be at managing time. So it, it's it's a skill that can be developed, but just just say again, you're a volunteer and you're very committed to your cause. You have time commitments associated with that as well. And I guess putting something on your calendar that you're looking forward to versus putting something in your calendar that you're dreading are two different time management mindsets. It's easy to make time for that volunteering activity that you absolutely love and you, you, you can't wait to do it again. To put that on your calendar, you look at it and you just, you see it and you can't wait for that day to come. You're so excited. You put a shift at working at McDonald's on your calendar and you're dreading that, you know, I, I, I can't, you know, I, I'm dreading going to this thing and I, I wish it wasn't there. Those are two different time management mindsets that, that I, I'd say one's a lot harder to develop than, than the other. But at the same time, I almost wonder, because I volunteered and then worked later on in high school myself, I must wonder if I would have better time management skills if I started developing those earlier in high school. And I think that's something I always wonder about and and, and we'll never know the answer to because, I mean, time management is still something I struggle with. Yeah, but some people, they just struggle with time management in general. I, I'm not the best manager of time either. I, I think time management is more of a a personality trait than it is a... Yeah, I mean, you can work on it and develop skills, but I think some people's personality cater to it more than others. No, I'd have, definitely have to agree with that. So, Trevor, I want to move on to the cons of working in high school. This list only has three things on it, so I'll just read off the three things. So, one is increased stress. Two is just distraction from academics. And number three is cutting childhood short. So, let's, uh, let's hit up number one. Number one is increased stress. And, I mean... I'm sure most a majority of individuals listening to this podcast right now are not in high school currently and kind of can reflect back on high school as a time that isn't actually as stressful as they may be perceived while they're in it. So, I mean, this is a very kind of subjective, stress is definitely subjective. Well, it is, but I, I went through this whole thing disagreeing with all the pros. Now I'm going to disagree with this one con because most, if most part-time jobs, they they understand that you, you're a high school student and you have, your school comes first. And I, I, I would, I couldn't imagine a reputable organization not um, acknowledging that school comes first and altering your schedule based on, you know, exams and tests and assignments. So I think if, if you're working for a reputable organization, this probably isn't going to be an issue. But if you are a 10 percenter and you do give it all, I mean, you may you may go home at the end of the night still kind of thinking about work things, even though, it again, it is only a high school minimum wage part time job. Yeah, that's possible. I, I mean, if if you can't manage that stress, then you have to give up that part time job because school, your education has to be the, the most important thing going on. I mean, while I was in university, I, I found it incredible, absolutely amazing that some of my friends were, I didn't work through while I was studying, but my friends and, and, and classmates who did, I found it incredible because here I am with the same course load as, as, as that individual, and but they're able to squeeze in a part-time job. And I find it, I, I commend anyone who can make that work because it's, it's very, very impressive. Yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm impressed with that as well. So number two is distraction from academics. So this is our second con for working. And again, this one, 
I mean, it's, it's, it's important to not be distracted from something that is so important. Yeah. If your job is distracting from economic, from academics, then you, you have to leave that, that job because you, you can't, you know, and here's the other thing is sometimes, uh, and I, this doesn't happen as much now, but I remember being in high school myself and I remember a couple of kids, one was a friend of my brother's and one was a friend of mine and they had part-time jobs and a full-time opportunity came up where they were working part-time and they actually, and this is when you could do this, they actually dropped out of high school to go full-time at their jobs. And, you know, the, that's the ultimate distraction from academics where it actually you you discontinue academics for a, a a job and i have no idea if those people regret it to this day but um that that to me is you know if 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 that even entered your mind you need to leave that job and again i there definitely are things in place to not allow that but i mean it does definitely look appealing to to kind of make all this money and instead of go to school or, or continuing even school, even if you are in maybe a post-secondary as well. Yeah, no, I, I think there is actually a, a law that you can't hire somebody full-time under the age of 18 in Ontario anyway. So the very last point within cons of why you shouldn't work is cutting childhood short. And Trevor, I think out of all these points is the one you probably feel most passionate about. Yeah, and this is the whole reason I'm against teenagers working. You know, and there may be circumstances where it's required and that's unfortunate, but you're only young once. And I thoroughly enjoyed my teenage years and I look back at them fondly and I would have hate to think I was tolling at some sort of mindless fast food place. Well, and didn't have all those fun experiences that I did have. So I, I, I feel so strongly about, you know, enjoying your childhood. You know, there's countries where they have to, they have no child labor laws and, and, and children don't get to go to school and and they have to work. In this country, there's all sorts of protections to prevent kids from working full time. I think you need to enjoy your childhood if that is an option. I mean, I'm again, I'm not, some people are have unfortunate circumstances and they, they need the money to, to put themselves through school or, or whatever. I fully support that. But if you're just working to fund an adult sty- lifestyle, when you're a teenager, that's you're going to regret that. I guarantee it. So there are four final kind of concluding questions to ask yourself or, or have your child ask themselves if they're deciding if, if working and taking on a job is the right thing to do. So the questions are, does your student want to work? What's their current stress level? What's the need? And is the job in line with their future career slash will it help them get there? And, and I like these questions. I think they're important to ask. And so as much as I disagreed with most of this article's uh, position, I completely agree with these questions. These are the questions to ask you and your, your child. And, you know, so does, your, does, your, does the student want to work? And again, it, it could be volunteering or working for money. But the, in my mind as a parent, you need to make that student pick one of those. They need to do something in their community. So... Uh, rather than a question, uh, that would be a question for the parent. Does the does the the student want to work? So if they if they don't want to participate in their community, you need to force them to go get a job, and you can do that by by saying, you know, you're responsible for your cell phone bill, you're responsible for your clothing budget. You know, that's the way you can motivate your your student who who's unmotivated to go get a job. So again, I'm against a job, but if if they're just going to sit around playing video games, 
then you need to motivate them by making them responsible for some, for some of their personal expenses. And then... And what is our... Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, yeah. I was going to ask the, what's their current stress level. I like this question because I am convinced that there are individuals who are able to handle stress a little bit better than other individuals, just just based on personality and and kind of and, and who that individual is. So I think assessing. I mean, you can make sacrifices. I mean, I'm going to use me as an example. I mean. I, I I don't think I'm excellent at handling stress. I admire those who can handle kind of varying tasks and responsibilities a lot better than I can. So I make sure when I when I was in school, when in university, I would work for four months and really be very frugal with my money during the school year and really save all the money I was making during the summer because I know myself and I know that the stress of having a job throughout the school year wouldn't would would it wouldn't work because I would, I would, I just struggle with managing stress maybe more than someone else who, who, who is definitely better and can work during the school year. Well, you know, we tend to look at stress as a negative thing, right? In, 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 for the most part, but it's not necessarily negative. S- stress can be a good thing to add to someone's life in that it helps put things in perspective. So just say you're, 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 everyone's done this. So say you're in high school and you're all stressed about your exams and your assignments and, and, the, and you get through that and then you get to university and you're stressed about what's going on there. And you look back in high school and say, you know, what, what was I so stressed about? High school was a, was a breeze, you know, that, and then you're done university, you get out in the work world and you get challenges and, and projects put in front of you and it stresses you out. And you look back at university and say, you know, what was I so stressed about in university? You know, this is real stress now. So, Stressing yourself, it kind of you can look at it as a as a conditioning. So it, it it helps condition you for for certain for certain events, right? So stress can be a good thing. It's when you endure stress for extended periods of time that it starts to wear you down and have negative effects. So intermittent stress in in a in a teenager's life is not necessarily a bad thing. Now that's a really good point. I'd have to agree with that and. And, and and maybe that's where a part time job or very or I actually have um I actually I know people who work I do have some friends that work during exam season as proctors to kind of proctor the exams so they're for just that kind of a month of December or a month of April they're working to a very condensed amount of stress just just right there to make money. See, one thing stress does is it it develops your ability to prioritize and put things into perspective. You know. That's that's one of the benefits of, of being under stress. It, it develops that skill set. So uh, you know what? For, from that perspective, maybe I and other listeners out there who didn't work in their high school years, maybe maybe they are missing that key component that is developed during working. I mean, who knows? Like that. That's why I am very on the fence when it comes to should uh, should should someone a teenager work. And I, the, the, the last question, I'm going to skip what's the need. I mean, the need, I guess, is, is important because are, are no, that, there... That's not, that's, not, that's not... I wouldn't skip that. That's worth talking about. If the need is money, that's the wrong motivation unless you have, a, have to assume adult responsibilities. So if the need is uh, b- because your, your teenager's unmotivated, then a job is required. If the need is I want to own a car while I'm in high school, I think it's a mistake. So the need, I think the need is, is pivotal in, in making this decision because it, it can't be completely monetary driven unless you have to assume adult responsibilities. 
no no you're completely right i agree with that the the last one though i i love because is the job in line with their future career and slash will it help them get there so i mean if you're taking on a volunteer volunteer opportunity or even if you find a very unique job opportunity while you're in high school that pertains to what you want to do, I think that is so incredible. And again, we'll fast track you to, to really achieve your goals um, in your adult life. So here's, here's a story of, of my three kids and their experience and what they got from a future career decisions. So my one daughter volunteered at the library and she thought she wanted to be a librarian and the more time she spent there, she enjoyed the atmosphere of the library, but as she looked into it, she decided a librarian wasn't for her. So being a volunteer at a librarian at a library opened her eyes to what that job would really was about. And it, it ended up, she went in a diff- different direction. So it was great that she did it. So it, she, she come to the conclusion that it, it was not a career she wanted to go down. So even though she worked in that field, it, it didn't launch her in that direction. It actually confirm something she didn't know. My son, he was uh, volunteered in a cadet program with kind of a military tone. And he thought he wanted to go into the military. Spending time in cadets, he, he actually was moving in that direction. And then right at the end, he decided it wasn't for him. So again, it, it didn't launch his career, but it helped him with a future career decision. And my daughter who worked at Tim Hortons, she, she knew f- with certainty she did not want to work in the food industry. So all of my three children, they, they confirmed something they didn't know before, that, that, that they know, I don't want to do this. So it, it kind of helped. It didn't launch their career, but it helped guide them away from a direction they thought they might have wanted to go in. Wow. So that, that's kind of working the opposite way that it, it, it that's yeah. powerful. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it, they gain knowledge of something they, they otherwise wouldn't have. So, I mean, Trevor, I think this really does bring us to the end of today's episode on on should should high school students work? And I mean, I went to this episode very convinced that that high school students shouldn't work. But I mean, kind of reviewing this article, and reviewing the points, I mean, you're still a proponent of not working. But I definitely see as someone who worked late in high school, I definitely see there's a lot of benefits to to do to doing something productive even if it is not a job but at least getting yourself out there whether you're being monetarily compensated for it or not so trevor that brings us end of today's show on should teenagers work during high school um next week we're really excited we're gonna have a holiday themed episode we'll have mike back on the show and we'll kind of wrap up 2017 with a little bit of a holiday themed uh personal finance episode so on that note, thank you so much for being here with us for today's episode. Make sure you send us your reviews and comments about this episode. We want to hear your thoughts on this because, I mean, Trevor and I spent an hour talking about ours, but we'd love to hear what you think about this. So, yeah, head over to livelifesimple.ca. You can uh, sim- contact us through our contact contact submission form. Send us your opinions. We want to hear them, and we want to share them with everyone on the show as well. Thank you so much. Again, we will see everyone here back next week. Until then, keep it simple. <laughs>